What's good, everyone? Welcome back to the Moo Show podcast. My name is Alex Henry, and in today's episode, Ryan and I sat down for a great discussion with Mitch Bringreniak. So I'm uh, Mitchell Bringreniak. I'm a territory channel manager for Microsoft Canada. Um, what that means, though, in English, is basically a sales specialist focused on modern workplace. Before we get started, just a heads up that Ryan and I have started a new project called Watch and Learn. Where we live stream us working on real life projects using the Microsoft 365 suite and applying our modern workplace philosophies. We're going to be kicking things off big by building a brand new SharePoint home site for Clear Concepts. We'll also be answering your Microsoft 365 questions throughout the stream, so be sure to register so you don't miss out. The Watch and Learn live stream starts Thursday, October 15th at 10 a.m. Central. I'll leave a link with more information, including registration, in the show notes. Now then, enjoy the show. All right, everybody, welcome back to the Molo Show podcast. As usual, Ryan Bialik here, joined by my partner in crime, Alex Henry. Alex, how are you doing? I'm doing quite splendid. How are you? I'm all right. It's uh, It's been a fun week here at the office and home and home office and all of the above. So we've, uh, we've actually got another special guest joining us from Microsoft Canada. Uh, today, pleased to welcome Mitch Wengreniak, Territory Channel Manager from Microsoft Canada. Mitch, how you doing? Awesome. I'm doing great. And you guys? Doing good. Yeah, Can't complain. Awesome. So Mitch, uh, you're the second uh, Microsoft guest we've had on the Moho Show podcast now. So very uh, appreciative of Microsoft Canada to, to lend some voices and, um, you know, let's let's pick your brain a little bit. So how did you get to Microsoft Canada? How did you get to your role as territory channel manager yeah it was kind of interesting um going out of school i was taking a marketing major um i always thought that i would end up at some small marketing agency doing marketing collateral um it actually came through a family friend who realized that hey mitch you've got some really good selling potential you have interest in technology have you ever thought about stepping into tech um i always felt like there's a big gap to be filled between tech and sales and that I could never sort of make that gap. Um, and I think to lots of the students out there who are sort of maybe listening to this, because I've been telling lots of them to go listen to sort of these types of podcasts because I'm very involved with the student space, is if you have a desire to learn, tech can be really your space. That's all it is. It has nothing to do with not ha- understanding the qualifications or not having the background. It's really, do you have the desire to learn? And that's sort of where I found it. I just enjoyed learning and ramping up and scaling And that's sort of why I ended up at Microsoft. I started out in a vendor position doing uh, partner development management. Um, And then from there, I enjoyed learning and scaling and being flexible. And eventually I landed doing this territory channel manager job where I'm focused on now helping partners from a partner lens and customers from a customer lens. So now I get to see both sides of the equation. And that's sort of why I ended up in this role and why I appreciate this role day in and day out. Awesome. In, in your time in tech, do you, have you seen something that I've noticed, but have you seen as well the the new importance on, say, soft skills, the stuff that, that maybe we don't learn, uh, you know, black and white book smart, but there's a lot of things around being empathetic and being responsive and being flexible. Do you see a, a good value to that when you speak to students? Yeah, as, as you guys know, as Microsoft partner, and for those people who don't, every year Microsoft makes massive changes, massive whether it's the way that we're organized, the people who are doing the jobs, whatever. No one's enrolled for longer really than two years. Five years is sort of a max cap. And Microsoft very much believes in, sure, you can have 
good in one area. They're technically strong, but they won't be proficient and won't be able to keep up to the times because they just learned something, they developed it, and they're stuck in their ways. Microsoft looks for those people who are flexible, who can adapt quickly, make changes, and then advance exponentially. And I think part of that is having that growth mindset and those good soft skills. Like every single quarter, we have reviews based on our, our sort of learnings. And one of the major key points, it isn't our, our hard skills, like what my technical certifications are. It is what are you doing to leverage your soft skills? And LinkedIn learning is what we leverage for lots of that. So I go in and I do skills on like sales, talking to customers, managing meetings, um, setting agendas, timelines, deadlines, managing people. Um, and those are sort of the skills that allow us to, I think, jump between jobs and then learn, not the technology second, but I learn those skills on the side. But if I have really good foundation, it allows me to develop those skills and learn those skills and ramp up faster. So I, I would agree, Ryan, it's, it's very beneficial to have that good base. And that's what I honestly see Microsoft looking at for people in the future, because technical certifications is very important. When you leave university, though, there's a big gap, a very large gap. Yeah, you can you can have someone that's incredibly talented as a developer, uh, someone that knows finance in and out. But I think it's the soft skills now, especially in in what we're calling the modern workplace. And um, a couple episodes ago, we had a guest on uh, talk about agile and sort of that mentality of quick teams, quick disposable teams, cross functional teams. Everybody's kind of got to have a little bit of a different take on it and I, I think it's important to uh, to keep those soft skills part of that or and keep keep the exercise going of developing your soft skills mm -hmm. like I imagine in your daily lives when you guys are looking at people who may fit your company or may fit other companies that you work for it's tough to find people that have filled the skilling initiatives that you sort of need day in and day out that's almost very tough to find you're not going to find someone who oh I went and did my uh, MS 900 team security administrator. And I'm ready to go. Like that doesn't exist. Yeah. It's a secondary thing where it's like, Hey, you've joined our organization. You fit the culture, you fit the vibe, you fit the skills that we need to fill the role. Now we can work on this and build you up to grow you to what we need to be. Yeah. And good leadership, I think recognizes that and places a big importance on this. So good to hear that that's what's going on at, at Microsoft. And I got to say, as an outsider looking in and having followed Microsoft for years and years and, and you know, being on that side of the, the partnership is sometimes we play bingo and sometimes we play the games when we think the deck chairs are going to be rearranged. And it, it sucks sometimes because you develop great relationships uh, in the ecosystem and then, you know, people move on and you might not get to work with them anymore. But uh, it is interesting to see that happen from our perspective, certainly. Yeah, and I understand it can be difficult from your guys' perspective, but from the other perspective, you now have made a connection who's now in a different place and you now have a different connection, right? Rather than just having one person you've worked with for 10 years and you're siloed to them, you don't get any exposure. Your guys' exposure increases. The more touch points you have, the more people you meet with, the more that we shuffle. Mm -hmm. And that's the value of the network, right? And mm -hmm. that, I think that speaks to, I mean, something like LinkedIn as well. It's it's not what you know, it's who you know and all of those connections that bring a lot, a lot of value. Yeah, I agree 100%. Cool. So let's switch gears. Let's talk about something that uh, I know you and I talked about offline uh, in, in previous um, meetings and, and whatnot is Microsoft Business Voice. And this certainly is a very timely topic, uh, very, very near and dear to 
to sort of our interest in the modern workplace and the work from anywhere movement. But um, what can you tell us about Business Voice from the Microsoft perspective? It launched almost a year, I think 11 months ago. How's the uptake been from from your perspective in, in Western Canada, let's say? It's funny, when it first when it first sort of took and people were starting to get adapted to it, it was honestly a play most partners weren't looking at. They're like, we're not a telco. We're not going to compete with the telcos. We can't really enter that space. And it created this sort of like, okay, that's that's something that we just can't put a focus on. Now, after COVID and everyone just jumped to working from home and completely changed the way that things were going, it all of a sudden became a major big talking point. We couldn't bring our desk phones home. Now people are using their cell phones. Now um, we have limitations on what we can do. Like people have brought their phone homes. They may not have a landline even to plug it in. Like most new homes being built may not even have a landline. So all of a sudden it's changing sort of the way that we're thinking about things and it's become a big opportunity. Mm-hmm. Um, I not only say this from a seller's lens of like, oh, this is a good upsell. It's a good way to get people engaged. It's really about how do you help your customer and you help them by having one platform that they can access, that they're used to, that they're comfortable with. And now they have that one lens to be able to work through every single day in their lives. Like for example, when Exchange became popular and everyone was like, email, email, email. Like I could get all my information from here and all of a sudden you booked all these emails or all these meetings. And now everyone hates emails. What's the worst part about your job? I bet you most people will tell you it's email. Don't get them started on email. We don't have all afternoon. We'll be here till Monday. Yes, I'm famous for my email rants. Yeah. If, if I was to go through all my emails, it would take me till Monday, Alex. So I tell lots of people and Ryan, like I told you, like reach out to me through Teams. Send me a Teams message. It's an informal way of chat. It's everything that I do. I now access my calendar through there. I access my chat through there, my files through there. And now you're telling me I can get my phone through there. It just opens up a whole new world of like, this is why it's a product I should buy into and why it can keep growing because we've invested a lot. And it's going to create all this growth. Yeah, it's it's wild, and and I can put myself in in sort of the business owner or the IT person's shoes. Where uh, I, I, when I was a young lad, I cut my teeth on programming those old Nortel phone systems. You, you know, they would be in a closet somewhere down the hall in the office, big, loud, honking things with fans roaring, right? And they did your voicemail, and they did all your auto attendance and all of that. And there's, there's really in life, in my life, two things that have caused me the most stress. Number one is putting baby seats in the back of the car. You almost need a PhD for that. And the second is programming those old-fashioned Nortel phone systems, those old PBX things. But what I've been doing lately with clients and business voice, and when we do the demos, mere mortals can pick up the wizard in business voice and program their phone system, do the auto attendance, do the voicemail. Uh, if they want to record their voice, they can. If they want to use text-to-speech, it's really good and it's really easy to get going with it. And you don't need to call Bob from the telco at $450 an hour to come sit in your broom closet and program your phone system for you anymore. It's wild. It's totally wild. So, Ryan, you work on the front lines. What do you view as the number one selling feature for Microsoft Business Voice or bringing your teams calling into Teams? Uh, there's a, for me, there's a couple killer apps. And one is the freedom from your desk, the freedom from a physical line that you need to be attached to. Uh, I've worked in workplaces where this is where you sit. This is where you always will sit because this extension is programmed to your name. Uh, 
you want to go work from the boardroom for half a day? Nope, sorry, because your phone might ring and something, you know, you might need to take that call. So that location independence, and certainly pandemic and COVID and work from home uh, certainly accelerated that, but that's something that we've been really trying to hammer on is that work from anywhere mentality. So business voice is certainly a win in that camp. I was going to say, it's really interesting that you put it that way because when most people view this, the customers are viewing it as this is a compete to Mitel or to other VoIP offering systems or a compete against competitors like Bell, Rogers, the big, the big uh, phone offers. So lots of people aren't viewing it as the modern workplace solution. They're viewing it as a compete. Let's do price analysis. Let's check these things. It's not that. It's how do we make this easier for you by bringing it into Teams? Yeah. And you can bring your own calling plan. You yep. can bring, you can use Microsoft's calling plan if you choose. You can set up your own, your own way that works best for your company is what Microsoft is trying to do here. And lots of people don't realize it. And the modern workplace is the best way to position that for them to realize this isn't a compete. This is a, how do we make your job easier for you to be most effective? And and I think business voice does enough without being, a, a, you know, some of the capabilities at some of those massive PBX, you know, we're probably not going to displace some crazy phone system that runs a government department with all kinds of IVRs and enter your water bill and all kinds of stuff like that. There's much better ways to do those, say, with apps and, and services running in Azure, let's say. But for the, the core functionality that a phone system can, can, should have, right, for, for a SMB in particular, uh, Business Voice has got it. And it can be set up by, like I say, mere mortals can set it up. Getting started with Business Voice, getting your phone numbers, um, doing your auto attendance, doing your voicemail. It's pretty straightforward. And it's all in Teams, if you want it to be. It's all in Teams. It's not memorizing function codes on your desk phone it's not you know getting it to set things up for you when you get stuck it's really really straightforward yeah i i have to say i really also like from the administrator view everything is the same right when you're switching between third-party applications the way you go about things is always different microsoft has made this similar to the way that our other products run in the fact that like, for example, the save buttons are located at the top of the screen in the top left-hand corner, right? You always know to, where to function them. On the left-hand side is usually where you have your different categories and you can sift through them easily to access the different information, right? It's the same setup that we all know and love. So it just makes it easier for people to, who are new to it or want to be able to manage their own environment and maybe just need a partner for helping setting up or mm -hmm. asking questions. They now have access to that and they can do that in a, faster fashion, less training, less change, just becomes straightforward. And, it, and it's scalable, like like so many other things we talk about in the modern workplace, it's it's scalable. If you want to start with five people, great. If you want, or, or, you know, if you're suddenly, uh, you find your startup is, is a huge success and now you're at 500 people, you know, chances are it will scale just fine. I think if you're working in traditional telco territory, scaling from five to 500 is going to be contracts and paperwork and headaches and deployment and timelines and again joe in the telco van's got to come down and program everything and he's gone for lunch and your system's down and, and all sorts of things like that if someone needs to come down to help you in your physical office you should almost be asking yourself why now there are 
reasons sometimes where that needs to happen. But now you should say why. Because the way that technology is enabling us to work from home, work remotely, manage environments remotely, you don't need someone physically coming down to your office anymore. It's 2020. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> yeah, it's it's wild. I know the, the going saying is uh, we've experienced, what, two years of digital transformation in the last five, six months. Uh, it's It's been remarkable. Yeah. So on, on the... On the business voice topic, sort of a few more questions before we, we switch up. I know uh, Teams is the hub there for making your calls, and we've seen some excite, uh, exciting announcements recently about uh, sort of the future of the calling tab in Microsoft Teams. There's going to be some cleanup of the user interface, making it a little bit easier to you know see your contacts and your frequent uh, frequently access contacts and your voicemail. So again, nice to see some some love and TLC paid to uh, to that in Teams. And and sort of on the Teams vein, then no doubt that Teams is so central to Microsoft's own vision of, of the modern workplace. Um, so much so that I've gone on the record a few times of saying uh, that to me, I feel Teams as is as important of a platform as Windows is for the future of work. It is it is the end-all be-all solution. That's the way I position it to partners and to customers. If you're not using Teams, you're not using everything that you're paying for. When you're paying for, and I don't want to get too deep here, but when you're paying for your OneDrive and your SharePoint and your Exchange, all those things are leveraged through Teams. Teams isn't an application. It's not like to do, which is an application which you go use separately and it does tie to the other products, but it's a physical own application. Teams is the interface that you use to access all the different modes of information. So now that we brought calling into it, we've just added one more thing that wasn't accessible from the one interface and now it's accessible there. And now that we've gone and added the pop-up windows even, because I understand sometimes people are working and they have multiple screens open and because you're on a call, you can't then send a message and you can't. We've now eliminated that difficulty by adding pop-out windows. I can individually chat with people like I used to Skype in the old days. And I can have those conversations in the side panel, which are private and I can have them on a call. Maybe I need to message the customer on the call. Hey, did you hear me? Did I drop off? But you're still engaged in the physical video call or in the meeting or whatever you're sort of taking part in. And it's really interesting that you bring up the new interface. So I just actually got access to it today, just popped into my browser or into, sorry, my uh, Teams update, and it is slick. Um, you've got your calling on the side. You've got your history of who sort of called all down the middle. Speed dials on the right. I can now park calls directly from one screen. Um, I can forward. I can select where the audio is coming through because that's something in Teams that I really like. Before I hop on a call, I'll be like, switch to my headset or just run it through my surface because the mic is so good. Or I can switch to my external camera for better video or different types of visual quality and stuff like that. We now have that for the calling functionality. So I can set up to go through my speakers, switch to an external microphone, different ways of being able to manage it all with the simple click of a couple buttons right through the one interface. And that's wild because it really shifts the the hardware dynamic. And again, that's that's where we were always bolted down to our desk because IT or, or management, whatever, spent a lot of money on a really fancy Cisco phone and it sat there and, and you, you know, 
God forbid if you touched it or changed your settings or anything like that, someone would come and, and wrap your knuckles for that kind of stuff. But now, if you want to still support a desk phone, that's fine. Teams handles that. Business Voice handles that. But if you want to get rid of that, and, and like me, I, I make the joke all the time, I got this cheap pair of earbuds that came with my Samsung phone, and, and they, they kick butt. They, they're just great. Yeah, honestly, I, I, an old coworker of mine uh, was demoing, I think it was still Skype, um, being able to use it just on her computer normally. And I was so jealous because my old, all my old jobs really, it was really, I was really like locked to being close to my phone. I, I had to be at the office because I had to be able to answer the phone and answer calls for internal clients or customers. And it was like, why can't I just get this on my computer now? It was 2018 at the time, so maybe the tech hadn't quite caught up yet. But the fact that she was showing it what made me just—it made me so jealous. It was something I really wanted, and it's just now I can just—I don't have to be at my desk. It's on my phone all the time, even without the phone plan. I'm always accessible, um, for better or worse. Now I go back to my desk, and if I see that red light on my uh, phone, I'm like, oh no, how do I use this thing now? I haven't picked up my phone in like two months. Yeah. It's very true. And Alex, that's a great call out. Being able to use your mobile phone as an option as well. Um, mobile worker doesn't mean being able to take your computer anywhere. It means being able to take work everywhere. And I can now be at the golf course and I need to take a call and it just pops up on Teams or a quick message and I can just reply to it. And all of a sudden now I don't feel bad taking time off because I haven't taken time off. I'm still available, my customers available, my partners or whatever, but I can slip away for a little bit to go get some personal R&R. But then I can also come back and have access to all that information from one screen, what I miss, everything, and I can answer it right then and there. It's funny enough, depending on who I bring that up with, that can be a pro or a negative, being always accessible. You can. But but my hope is, and and, and Mitch, this is something that you and I talked about the, the last time we talked was was the support or the drive of much more flexible work schedules and work life work life balance than than the nine to five. If you've got to take an hour to to get kids from here to there, or you want to take a fifteen you know twenty minute stroll halfway through your afternoon or something like that, that's okay because you're in a position. You have the technology. It's it's with you when you need it. When you need to snap back to do something, maybe that comes out of left field or it's urgent or you just need to disconnect for a few minutes. I agree hundred percent. It's honestly, honestly, one of the major talking features that I use when presenting to new customers as to why they need to move off on-prem software. If you want to hire and retain top talent, you need to offer them the flexibility in the way they work best. We're all so different. We're different types of learners. We're different type of workers. For example, if I did a nine to five job, um, I would fail. I would straight up fail. Like I could tell you, I would just be unsuccessful at my nine to five job. If I had to show up every day in the office and work nine to five, I would fail. You mean you don't love being tied to a cubicle all day? What's wrong with this generation? <laughs> <laughs> I would fail. And when I position it to people like that, I am successful because I work how I work best. Now, my productivity levels high in the morning. Um, after lunch, they usually drop. Right, I eat my lunch, I get tired and they drop. Being able to step away, do some yoga, something like that, um, that adds a lot of time and flexibility. But then around nine o'clock, 10 o'clock at night, my productivity levels increase substantially. 
I'm refreshed. I have a different thought perspective. Things happen during the day I was capable of now not working and maybe reading articles around tech that I came across of. And all of a sudden that has sparked something I can jump on and maybe quickly do some things, add some stuff to some reports that I've worked on. Um, I don't suggest messaging people outside of work hours. Um, that is something that we need to put a stop to. And I am sort of bad for it. But what I've told my counterparts is when I message you, I do not expect a response outside of work hours. I am messaging you because that is when I've thought about it. And now we can put something in our calendars and it's great in emails that I can delay emails so that they show up within people's working hours so that I allow them to work how they work best. But it is one of the best selling features to acquire top talent and get the most productivity out of your employees. It's that flexibility. I, mm. I, we're, we're, we're all speaking the same message. I love it. <laughs> So like last year when Ryan and I first started working together, we both found this like new world of flexibility and uh, productivity because ultimately when hit, like we needed to like just get away and just hash something out, work on a problem, we would leave the office, go down the road, get a coffee somewhere. Um, can't really do that too much these days, but it made a big difference. Even if it was just like a half hour meeting, one hour meeting, getting the fresh air, going for a walk, changing your environment is huge. Huge, huge. And that's something that I most miss today is those just simple, like, let's go, let's go grab a coffee. Let's go do those things yeah. because right, we're not in the office and we can't have those same interactions, but I now do it on my own personal time. So I've got a coffee shop just down the road and I will walk to them because they're a local coffee shop and I love to support. Um, I mean, I love my Nespresso at home. That's something that I like every morning. I get a very good <laughs> cappuccino in me to get started, but it's great to take that walk. And then you're right. Alex, someone reaches out to you and you want to have like a, not a work conversation, but a conversation with work friends. It's great to just pick it up on my mobile phone. I'm not using my personal phone number. I'm using my work number that's tied to my teams and I can have that conversation. When we first uh, started working from home during the initial stages of the lockdown, um, Ryan and I would basically um, just like call each other halfway through the day just to like talk to a human that wasn't our, uh, our, um, family members, I guess, and just kind of hash things out um, because it was a, it's a way we're used to just working with each other, that having, being able to like talk to each other face to face or even like, even without the camera, it makes a big difference, but we made it work and ultimately it didn't really slow us down. No, no. And I, I even heard of uh, teams and groups setting up like open hours, they would book uh, they say they would book three or four hours straight in a Teams meeting and they would all join and they would all sit on mute or they would all turn their cameras off. And every once in a while they would make a little peep, you know, make a little sound or someone would clack on the keyboard and, oh, I had this thought, it passed. Oh, I had this idea, it passed. And they would just have these, this notion of open hours, like, a, like an open mic at, at, uh, at the comedy club, right? But it was with their team and they were all working from home. Oh, that's interesting rather than the yeah rather than like the the, the physical um, analogy is you know we have our corner in the office and there's a few cubes and someone stands up and stretches and tells a stupid joke and then we all kind of groan and move on it's usually it's me making the joke uh, but when lockdown and and sort of that remote work we don't we don't have a physical way of doing that so we've turned to these digital tools to to do those kinds of things it's kind of neat so I work out of Edmonton, Alberta. 
Microsoft's headquarters though is Mississauga. So most of my counterparts are either Mississauga, Vancouver, or Calgary. We actually have very few in Edmonton, and no one who I directly works with is located no other place than Vancouver or Mississauga. So I've always been a remote resource. I'm very good at being remote though. I found out what works for me, how to connect on the right amount of levels, but there is some personal connection that I, I do miss out on. As soon as everyone switched to working from home, my interactions with my colleagues went up exponentially because they were feeling neglected or not as connected. And I was like, hold on. I would just like to point out to all of you that I was doing this. Yeah. This is, yeah, and it can be done and you need to find ways that work for you. But it's very true how much people interaction is great. So everyone all of a sudden started turning on video cameras more. Like video cameras weren't really a thing in Teams at first. Everyone would just be on the call and just camera off. Video cameras are almost on all the time now. Simple things like that. Yeah, I'm kind of guilty of that too. Still, every once in a while, I'm like, oh, I don't have my camera hooked up. I'm sorry. I'm shy. Yeah. <laughs> so a few more questions before we wrap up, uh, Mitch. One is, what would your advice be for a team or for an org that's maybe struggling to, dry, uh, struggling to drive adoption of teams beyond chat and meetings? Let's talk about that. First off, find a partner. Um, Microsoft's best offering is the fact that we have so many partners in our partner networks that are there to help. We need to make sure that our partners are there and engaging because they're truly the people who can guide you through these transformations. Um, don't ever think that you're on your own or there's no one to talk to you. You can go to Microsoft.com and find a partner, reach out to Ryan or Alex for a partner connection. You need to start talking to partners because they're the ones who can guide you through these journeys because you're right. Where do I start? Where do I tell people to start? There's almost no starting point because every organization is at a different point. They don't know where they want to go, what their end goal looks like. Some people want full modern work. Other people want half. Other people want the flexibility. Anywhere in between, you need to find that partner to guide you through the journey, talk to you about success stories so that you know where you can go, what are your options, and then from there, build a strategy. That's the best advice that I could give any customer who's customer facing. Uh, one final sort of thought, one final question is a, is a fun one. No pressure on this one. Uh, if you had to pick one feature, one or two features, I'll give you two. One or two features of Teams, what would be your favorites? I'm... It's funny, now that I've joined Microsoft, it's really opened my eyes to inclusivity. Um, if, you, if you don't consider inclusivity into every aspect of your day, you're really leaving people out and it's really, it's not fair. It doesn't create a work environment that I want to support. Um, every time I give a presentation, when I'm displaying a PowerPoint, I always turn on my inclusivity features, right? Increasing your mouse size, putting talk to text, it's built into every single Microsoft application. You have access to it. That is by far the best feature we have. They're really good. It's very good. And especially if you're using a Surface device, I could be standing across the room giving a presentation and it will pick up word for word what I'm saying and be super clear. That is by far the best feature because some people can't hear due to maybe some physical impairment, but there are other impairments. Maybe the room is too big. Maybe I have a cold and I can't speak loud enough. Maybe they physically just don't enjoy listening to people talk and they prefer reading. We talked about earlier today, allow people to learn how they learn best. You've all of a sudden taken away a large aspect of that learning by not including inclusivity features. Um, that is by far the best, the best feature in all Microsoft products. I love it. And that's something sort of core to our modern workplace vision is, is giving a voice to everybody. 
And those may be people that, like you say, they learn or they interact or they communicate in different ways because that's how they learned. That's how they had to adapt. Maybe it is a, a, a disability issue, but you never can discount anyone with that, uh, that type of um, circumstance in life because they may have the next best idea for your team or for your company. They could completely change the trajectory of your team and just, just by listening to them, just by giving them a chance and giving them the right tools to communicate puts you in a far better spot than just be doing things the way we've done for the last 25, 30 years because that's the way we've been doing it. You've opened up your talent pool. Now you're not hiring people. We always used to hire people that were location-based. Yep. Who's in your location? Who's the best for that? It's not that anymore. We now are looking for people who are best suited for your role because modern work, you don't need to be in a physical location anymore. But now we need to think about how are we including everybody to give them the same access to the same jobs and the same resources. That's truly what it stems from. Right on. And we talk to a lot about first line workers, people that don't traditionally get IT, people that don't get a, a, a workstation or a laptop or a, or a desk phone. Goodness forbid we were talking about that earlier. Um, you know, these people still deserve a seat at the technology table, as I like to say. They still need to hear of company news. They still need to be informed when, when changes happen. They still need to access, you know, company systems. Chances are they're carrying a smartphone, uh, you know, maybe their own or maybe something the company can provide. Um, maybe common area phones and common area computers may not be a, as big of a thing right now because of, of physical distancing and, and whatnot, but still... First-line workers, again, carry so much operational knowledge in so many different kinds of businesses that you shouldn't leave them out. Uh, you, you really shouldn't leave them out from IT decisions. For sure. Thank you so much, Mitch, for joining us. It's It's been great. Good to hear about Business Voice. Um, I, I, we're certainly seeing a, a lot of interest in the product. We're doing a lot of trials. We're getting customers set up, so that's been great. Uh, happy to hear your thoughts on Modern Workplace and working remotely it's good to it's good to hear that alex and i aren't the only ones that uh, that, that think modern workplace is a is a great thing thank you guys so much for your time it's been a blast hey everyone thank you again for listening to another episode of the mo show podcast please don't forget to follow us and give us a rating on your favorite podcasting app spotify google podcasts apple podcasts or any others you can find a full list of all the podcasting apps we're on through our anchor.fm page I'll have a link in the description of this episode. Don't forget to follow the Clear Concepts YouTube channel, where you can also listen to past episodes of The Boho Show, as well as check out our past webinars and much more. On behalf of Ryan, myself, and the amazing staff at Clear Concepts, take care.